This is Steal This Sermon, number 188, Bill W. and Jesus. As someone who keeps screwing up over and over again in the same way, I have always had a soft spot for Proverbs 26.11. Not familiar with that one, eh? Okay. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats their folly. That's me. Many years ago, I was walking through the Charlotte airport wearing a t-shirt that read Proverbs 2611. I figured it was a good message and maybe out of curiosity alone, someone would look it up on their smartphone. Anyway, this guy walks up to me and says, so are you a friend of Bill too? He caught me totally by surprise and it took me a few seconds to understand what he was saying and to reply. Then. I shook his hand and said, I am not a friend, but I am a huge admirer of Bill. Well, we talked for a while and parted company smiling. I knew who Bill was because I have a host of family and friends who were saved by AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, and its various spinoffs. Members recognize one another by the phrase and proudly say, I'm a friend of Bill. My new friend was extraordinarily perceptive to recognize Proverbs 26.11 as being, in fact, the perfect verse for an alcoholic to call to mind. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats their folly. So you ask, who's Bill? Bill W. is William Wilson. Bill was a big-time drunk in the 1920s and 30s an era when quacks offered cure-alls, but nothing really helped. There was one promising method pioneered by a Harvard professor, although it too proved to be a dead end. In a phrase, it was this, the cure for alcohol mania is religious mania. Become a fanatical adherent of a sect. They actually seemed to work for a while, but within a year or two, A huge relapse always occurred. Enter Bill W. Bill had succeeded for a time in one of these church programs before hitting the bottle really hard yet again. Even so, Bill had gotten just a glimmer of a glimpse at a part of the solution. To this, Bill added three ideas, and these additions would form the basis of AA. Number one. No fire and brimstone. Replace them with empathy for what he called a state of insanity, not a state of sin. Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? He didn't shame the harlot at the well. Instead, he asked her questions that can be summed up as being, your way with men is crazy, but I don't judge you. You can change now. Number two, restoration to sanity required you to admit your personal powerlessness. You have to surrender to a higher power. Again, it sounds like Jesus with the young man who asked him, how do I get into the kingdom? Jesus' answer was to surrender your worldly security and follow me. No halfway measures will do it. Number three, when you have done these two things, you need to work with other alcoholics ongoingly. Sounds very much like the early communities 
of faith. During and after Jesus' life, where continuous sharing strengthened all members. 1900 years later, Thomas Merton, a follower of Jesus, said this idea as well as it's ever been said. No one gets into heaven alone. You either drag someone else in or someone else drags you in. No one gets in alone. Wow. Thomas and Jesus and Bill W. all nailed the idea, be it for sobriety or for a worthy life. It doesn't happen to one person alone. This is a gigantic truth. Bill led AA to a format where members both dragged people and were dragged to sobriety. What a wonderful insight. What a wonderful image. AA claims June 10th of 1935 as its creation date. On that date, a doctor in Akron, Ohio, took his last drink and joined Bill W. in their effort to drag each other in tandem into sobriety. They succeeded. Others followed Bill and Dr. Smith in Akron. The idea spread. In time, millions of others around the world have joined them on this very difficult journey. Let me talk, touch on just three other Bill W. and Jesus connections. Number one, until you admit that you are powerless to control your behavior, you can't attend an AA meeting. Think of the cocky fishermen in Galilee finally pleading with Jesus to calm the storms. They weren't ready to listen till then. You have to hit bottom in order to be ready to admit it is beyond you to change your life by yourself. Number two, the goal isn't to make a lifetime commitment to sobriety. The goal is to resist alcohol for the next minute, for the next hour, for the next day. Jesus never demanded of his followers a lifetime commitment. He knew their urges, he knew their weaknesses, and he only asked them to follow me for today. They did so, and then they kept doing so the next day and the next day. And yes, there were more than a few stumbles along the way. Right, Peter? Cock-a-doodle-doo. You were always welcomed back. Number three, Bill W. was not perfect in his vision. He came to have dreams of huge treatment centers and thousands of paid ambassadors to spread the AA message. Sounds like a great idea to me. So, Bill, through connections with other alcoholics, went to America's richest man, John D. Rockefeller, Jr., Nothing says money like Rockefeller. John loved the AA system, but he shocked Bill when he said, no money, Bill. You need to be a volunteer organization wherein the needful support one another. Sounds like Jesus. And to do so with no possibility of financial gain. Pretty smart guy for a ruthless rich guy. This, of course, is the way that the core of Jesus' message has crossed the ages, and it also explains how the message sometimes runs off the track when financial gain enters the deal. AA is based on the 12 steps. Early on, Bill had it as 6 steps, 8 steps, 9 steps, 10 steps, 13 steps, 
but finally settled on 12 steps for the 12 apostles who spread the word. That was what AA was about, spreading the word. Jesus would have cheered these 12 steps, I am sure. As I quickly go through a short version of them, think of Jesus' own message. For instance, when you look at step one, consider that the Pharisees thought they were just fine, thank you very much. Step one, admit your powerlessness. You are broken. Step two, a greater power is needed to restore you to the right path. Step three, you need to make your own decision to turn your life over to a higher power. Whatever you believe that to be, not whatever you have been told. Step four, you have to do a searching moral inventory. Who are you? Step five, admit to God, admit to yourself, and admit to another person the exact nature of your wrongs. Number six, be ready to have God remove those character defects. You cannot do it. You must be ready. Number seven, humbly ask your higher power to do so. Number eight, make a list of people you have wronged and be ready to make amends to them. Number nine, make amends to them. Take action. Do something, however difficult it may be. Number 10, continually redo your moral inventory. Admit to yourself, admit to God, and admit to others your defects. Number 11, seek through prayer and meditation to improve your contact with God as you understand your higher power. Pray to know God's will for you. Ask for the strength to carry it out. And finally, number, step number 12, having awakened your spirit, carry the message to others and practice it. Close the circle. This, my friends, is the best and only way for the fool to set aside their folly. And you know what? We are all fools. We all need these 12 steps. It is also the way to find the path that you are meant to walk by the higher power that gave you this life. God acted through Bill W. Let God act through you. Amen. Hallelujah.